Welcome to Insight, I'm Philippa Tolley. The Māori economy is growing fast. In 2010, it was valued at $37 billion. It's now estimated to be worth in excess of $50 billion, representing about 6% of the country's total asset base. RNZ's economics correspondent, Patrick O'Mara, looks at what settlements have achieved and whether the benefit is filtering down to all iwi members. Today the tears you shed are no longer tears of sorrow for past suffering, but tears of joy for the new tomorrow. In your endeavours you will have the support of the vast majority of all New Zealanders, even though there will be some who will expect a higher standard from you than they set for themselves. Kia te rangamarie, kia katoa. May peace be with all of us. The passing of Ngāi $170 million settlement in 1998 was one of the largest and most prominent agreements between the Crown and Iwi. At the time, the tribe's chief negotiator, Sir Tiffany O'Regan, made it clear the tribe's affairs were now in its own hands. We want to manage our own futures uh, clearly and on a basis where we make our decisions how we will conduct our future not continually negotiate it with the majority because the minority will always be subject to the tyranny of the majority. That is the beauty of this, it liberates us from that. In the nearly two decades since then, Naitahu has made good on that promise with its $170 million settlement helping boost its asset base tenfold. But compensation of that size is rare. Of the $2.2 billion in settlements so far, over half have been under $20 million. An example of a smaller claim is Ngāti Kahu Ki Whangaroa, an iwi in the far north, which settled late last year. Negotiations started in 1987, and one of its negotiators, Ella Henry, a senior lecturer in Māori media and business at AUT, describes the 30-year process as bruising. Dr Henry says the settlement is hardly a goldmine. Ngāti Kauki Whangaroa eventually uh, will receive a quantum of $6 million in cash, plus an extra 300000 for one of our hapū, plus we're receiving about seven or 8,000 uh, hectares of land, which will mean at the end of this process, when everything has been delivered, that we'll own about 20% of our total landmass because we're a very small tribe. Now, just imagine if Ngaitahu had been given 20% of the South Island. What a different-looking place that would be. Uh, but we are talking about isolated rural communities in the far north with no infrastructure at all. Most of our bays have no electricity, very few have good roads, certainly no um, you know, access to the internet, let alone to basic council services. So giving a tribe back a large chunk of land that has nothing on it is really not that much of a redress. The iwi has still to set up the body that will decide how the settlement will be used and administer it. She says building an enduring economic base for a tribe is not easy with jobs, setting up businesses and repairing infrastructure all on the agenda. And now you can't do that much with $6 million. That wouldn't even repair one of the major bridges in the north. So I don't have any grandiose ideas that we're going to transform the future quickly. But... If we look at the Tainui and Ngaitahu settlements, which were both $170 million, it has taken them over 20 years, but they have managed to multiply that by five times. So perhaps in the next 20 years, we might have enough to fix the bridge. 
Ngāitahu and Waikato Tainui are the biggest and best known of the big iwi investors after both received settlements of $170 million in the 1990s to address past wrongs and confiscations. Ngāitahu now has $1.7 billion in assets and Waikato Tainui $1.2 billion. Rounding out the top five are Ngāti Whātua Orake with $1.1 billion, Ngāi Tūhoi on $348 million, and near neighbour Ngāti Paro on $232 million. Toitū te kai kōkiri, toitū te iwi, strengthening Ngaitahu culture. Ngaitahu is an economic powerhouse in the South Island. Insight was unable to speak with the iwi, but a former kaifakahaire of Te Runanga or Ngaitahu, the tribal council of Ngaitahu, Mark Solomon, says the settlement helped bolster its existing commercial operations. We were already in business before our settlement went through. We had a property company, we had a fishing company, uh, and we had always planned, or the previous leadership had always planned, that we would be an active business once we had a settlement, and we've progressed from there. Um, I think we're now the sixth biggest fishing company in the country. We're certainly the biggest Māori tourism operator. Um, We're very big in farming, we're big in forestry, we're big in property. So we've built the company very well. Waikato Tainui is itself a dominant and influential player in its region, being one of Hamilton's biggest landlords and a substantial farmer, with further interests in forestry, seafood and stocks. At the base retail centre north of Hamilton, which the iwi half owns, Waikato Tainui's chief negotiator, Rahui Papa, says its investment strategy has been honed after some hiccups at the start, including taking an unsuccessful stake in the Warriors rugby league side in the late 90s. There was a whole lot of uh, reasons about that. So Waikato Tainui settled in 1995 for $170 million worth of land value, not for cash. Uh, And then... Those generated uh, some of the funds, and so uh, there was some. Uh, so there was some advice, some bad advice. There was a whole lot of people knocking on the door with, uh, you know, the next great thing. Uh, there were, uh, you know, and there were some calculated risks uh, that turned sour. Uh, but uh, all in all, um, the rebound has been even greater uh, from that. Both Ngāitahu and Waikato Tainui have the benefit of two decades of experience managing their assets and have put in place structures and investment policies to safeguard their legacy. Both iwi keep their commercial arms separate from their political bodies. The northern iwi, Ngāpui, this year played host to the first Commemoration Day, held in Russell, to mark the New Zealand land wars. While the iwi came together for the historic occasion, it is still working to reach a treaty settlement. One of its leaders, Peter Tipene, says the Naitahu model is one his tribe would hope to successfully emulate once their settlement is agreed. We, we wouldn't be unlike Tainui Naitahu in terms of economic development and uh, growing the asset, but in the meantime using it to support our people in terms of education, housing, uh, other social imperatives. Yeah, we'd... we'd um, Put people in charge of those assets to manage and grow them and people who know what they're doing. Naitahu's former leader believes that while the tribe has successfully grown its financial base, the settlement with the Crown was far from fair or just. I mean, if I take ours as an example, one of the processes, Treasury was given a question, if Naitahu had been allocated all of its land reserves as guaranteed under the land sales, 
what would the 1988 value be? The figure given back was between 12 and 15 billion. The settlement offer is 170 million. Even if I take the smallest figure given of 12 billion, you lose $12 billion worth of assets and you get compensated with 170. Would I call that full, fair and just? No, I don't. But in saying that, I voted to accept the settlement. And I took a pragmatist view. If we couldn't build a capital future based on a $170 million capital injection, then it wouldn't matter what we got. But I do not believe that the settlements were fair and just at all, in any shape. That view is shared by Waikato Tainui's Rahui Papa, who calculates its settlement represented less than 2% of what the iwi lost. And so I say that settlements are, are a different kettle of fish to what those people... That just shows a lack of understanding about what the settlements are for. The settlements are for historical issues about the loss of uh, mana or the loss of mana whakahaere or management and control over those issues. If Waikato Tainui had been in control of its assets um, uh, right from before the raupatu or the confiscations, this country would look totally different. There would be no poverty uh, in the Waikato in my view. Some iwi did not wait for settlements to start rebuilding their financial strength. The sharp rise in Ngāti Whātua Orake's asset base is due to its property portfolio in the country's biggest and fastest-growing city, Auckland. A representative of the Ngāti Whātua Orake Trust, Ngāri Blair, says the iwi scraped together the funds needed to buy much of the land and buildings before it settled its claims with the Crown in 2012. We settled for $16 million. I'll just say that again. $1.6 million, not 60 or 16 <laughs> That might surprise a few people. Yeah, I think it will. A lot of tribes um, are settling for, for very minimal um, dollars, really, in the whole scheme of things, so it's important that people realise that, and we put a lot of effort into growing those uh, comparably meagre mega settlements into something that we can try and transform our communities with. And settlements are not a panacea to cure all ills. Ngāti Kahu ki Whangaroa's Dr Ella Henry says after 30 wearying years of negotiations, patience among her tribe is thin. One of the difficulties we face is that we, in post-settlement we're under close scrutiny from our tribe. And if it looks like we're frittering money away on non-tribal members or on uh, things which many of the people in our local communities, because they've not been involved in strategic development, can't see the worth of. You know, consultants? Who wants to spend money on consultants? Why aren't you fixing up the bridge? Why aren't you putting in the roads? Why aren't you providing us with jobs? So... The post-settlement environment is as fraught in its own way as the settlement process. A Chapman trip report says Ngāpui is expected to achieve anywhere from $250 million to $500 million in its settlement. A Ngāpui leader, Peter Tipene, says there are many problems the settlement money could help fix, but patience will be required. And we know, like Tainui, that uh, the people won't feel the initial call it filtered down of, of any benefits, but you can only grow the assets so fast. And what we do know is, and when we've got um, examples of how it's done, Tainui $175 million in 1995, now over a billion dollars, and some pretty big assets that are well known to everyone. So Ngāpuhi, given that we've got a large population, 
and in the component parts of Ngāpuhi, I'm talking about the hapu here in the Bay of Islands, we've certainly got a lot of work to do. Creating work is a key focus for iwi. Māori unemployment nationally stands at 9%, nearly three times that for Europeans. In Waikato, the jobless rate has remained stubbornly above 10% in the last decade. Waikato Tainui's Rahui Papa says the iwi works hard to get people into work or training. Not only the cadetships, but the scholarships, the, um, uh, you know, there's, there's a whole host of, of those training opportunities that uh, bring people absolutely off uh, the, uh, the register of those on the unemployment uh, you know, beneficiary list and into uh, training and employment. Uh, and so there has been a reduction. Uh, has it been enough? No, it hasn't. Uh, we need to keep working away uh, at uh, the, the number of people that are still unemployed uh, and to try and find, because not everyone wants to go to university and not everyone wants to do uh, the short-term training. Uh, lots of people just want to be gainfully employed so that they can support their families. Mr Papa says that goes hand in hand with lifting educational standards to keep people off the streets. Just last year uh, we had supported 10,000 tertiary students. When you support a tertiary student, they gain the qualification, they become gainfully employed, that means that their whānau will be okay because they, they, they want to focus their whānau in an educational way as well. More and better qualified Māori also provides the skills necessary to run each iwi's burgeoning business empires. But Naitahu Sir Mark says that takes time. Well, when our structure went through as an Act of Parliament in 1996, the following annual general meeting, we were actually instructed by the people that all positions within the structure were to be the best that applied regardless of race. Yes, we would like our people running the businesses, but until they have the skills, they're not to get the jobs. So our job is to educate, upskill, so that eventually our people do take over all the jobs. Sir Mark says half of its Runanga staff are currently Naitahu, though within its commercial operations there is still some way to go. In the meantime, iwi have called on high-profile business people to help guide their corporate entities. Long-standing company directors Michael Stiasny and Sir Rob Fennick are on Ngāti Whātua Oraki's investment arm, while former Fonterra chair Sir Henry van der Hayden heads Tainui Group Holdings. As the economic base has grown, so have the dividends flowing back to iwi members. From about $10 million at the start, Naitahu distributed $50 million last year, while Waikato Tainui's hit a record high of $11 million. Much of that goes in grants and scholarships, and also to marae for upkeep and events. Some of the richer iwi are now extending their financial muscle further in the social sphere. You're with Insight. I'm Patrick O'Mara, and you're listening to a programme on who is benefiting from treaty settlements. Access to affordable housing vexes many in Auckland. In response, Ngāti Whātua Orake has built 30 medium-density homes under a communal housing scheme which also includes underwriting mortgages to help whānau get a foot on the property ladder. The tribe's Ngārimu Blair says the programme is the culmination of nearly two decades of hui among its people about what is the best way to provide shelter. There's no point having a billion dollar asset base if we can't improve the lives of our people, so um, we're very focused on that um, now that we have a quite a solid base to reinvest um, back in our uh, people. So. Housing's huge. We've got 170 houses up here, actually, that we um, that we have on the tribal land. 
and whānau either rent them off us or have uh, their own mortgages over those houses. Your housing's a huge focus for us. There's lots of demands from our people, and rightly so, for, for housing. Access to decent and affordable housing is also a priority for Ngāi Tahu, Tainui and Ngāti Parau. Waikato Tainui is providing home ownership workshops to educate members on how to raise a deposit, source funds from KiwiSaver and how to buy a house. Māori are more likely to have poor health than other New Zealanders, including high blood pressure, heart disease or to suffer stroke and diabetes. Ngāti Whātua Orake is offering free health insurance to its 2,500 registered members. About 300 whānau are enrolled, and Komatua Morris Watane says it's a lifesaver for poor Māori who cannot afford to visit the doctor or dentist. I've personally experienced it with my parents, siblings and in-laws. It's pathetic. Like we would walk them in because it was doctor's recommendation. And damn, they've gotten worse than we're left to carry them out in a box. I believe we're now fully Americanized, and that means many more zeros added to the dollar signs. Average New Zealander can't afford that, let alone deprived, underpaid, and unemployed Māori. And that's who we are. The deal will cost the iwi about $3 million a year if everyone joins. Ngāti Whātua Orake's Ngārimu Blair says it's worth it. We, uh, we know that our people, you know, there's, there's unconscious bias or institutional racism, um, call it what you will, but um, there's plenty of academic research that shows uh, that the access of Māori people to health services is not equal. Um, and that has an impact on um, lots of things, um, diabetes and, and cancer rates, heart, heart disease and, and the like. Um, and so we're not going to wait for the government to um, come up with this magic solution for us. Um, we're um, focused on um, coming up with the solutions ourselves and where we have to fund them, we will. Saving schemes are also a part of the mix as iwi attempt to create a savings culture and improve financial security. Naitahu has a successful savings scheme and is looking to add a KiwiSaver component, while Ngāti Whātua Orake will roll out a savings program next month. Dissatisfaction of Tuhoi settlement spilt over at the tribe's two-yearly Tuhui Ahure a Tuhoi festival in Rotorua earlier this month. Tuhoi people fear badly, even among Māori, on most measures of well-being in this country. While they have strong connections to their culture, the North Island East Cape tribe has some of the highest unemployment and benefit dependency rates in the country. Paki Nikora is part of a group challenging the iwi's leadership to use its $348 million asset base to create jobs. There's absolutely no economic development happening and there's millions and millions of dollars being spent and not being transparent about explaining to our people uh, how those monies have been spent because in the last two AGMs that they've run it's just about giving the, delivering the report but not accepting any questions from the people so I mean, what are they hiding? 
you know, if, if, if you're in a position of leadership and you're happy with the direction that you're going down, then you should be happy and transparent about explaining what it is. But that doesn't happen. Tuhoi leader Tamati Kruger rejects the group's assertions. He argues the iwi's post-Treaty of Waitangi settlement body, Te Uru Tomatua, is prudently growing the $348 million trust fund. All I can say to you is that um, uh, independently, uh, Te Uru Tomatua uh, is, is regarded as uh, one of the top five performers of iwi in this country. Um, and, and that uh, the two where uh, people, all of the tribals, are in support of the shared leadership model that they have with Teudu Taumatu. Ngāti Whātua Orake's Narimu Blair says there is a tension between growing the long-term assets of the tribe while paying dividends to meet the needs of the current generation. Um, it would be very easy to um, spend that billion-dollar asset base and divvy it out and, um, and, and try and address everything all at once. However, um, it's, we have to strike a balance between protecting the, uh, the economic base and growing it um, so that there is a sustainable and um, ongoing uh, dividend available for the elected representatives to, to make the... Um, Make the reinvestments and investments back in our uh, in our people. So it's um, it's not easy, um, you know. But that's why um, our families get together and try and pick the best people to to try and come up um, with those decisions and balance them appropriately. Iwi also face criticism from some urban Maori authorities. Tifano or Waipareira provides government-funded health, social, justice, and education services to Maori in Auckland's Waitakere area. Out west here, Huni Waititi Marae is um, a marae that's carved specifically to link everybody through um, a joined-up ancestry going back to our more eponymous ancestors. And it also... Its chief executive, John Tamahiri, says iwi have failed to look after disenfranchised members who live outside their tribal areas. No, they play uh, very little um, in the cities, right? Uh, They're shoring up their balance sheets at home, good on them. Uh, I suspect they know more about how many fish they've got and how many forests they've got and how many hectares they've got and how many dollars they've got in the bank rather than where their people are, uh, what situation they're in, and um, how they're going to reach them. You see, because the difficulty iwi groups have got is, one, they, they are very much so focused on those that got the settlement across the line. Uh, they're, they're mainly those that um, populate back home and the majority of Māori, 85% of them are in the cities. Mr Tamahiri says it's high time iwi work constructively with groups such as his to satisfy the needs of their people. The problem that uh, iwi leaders have got is uh, they cannot deliver into the cities. There, there are 73 uh, iwi groupings, depending on how you cut the cake. Uh, are they going to set 73 different agencies up in Auckland, Hamilton, Wellington, Christchurch, and so on and so forth, uh, uh, that would be uh, a massive waste of resource, time and money. So what you'd think you'd do is reach out to those that already have the relationships uh, with the Māori populations in those particular urban areas and then uh, go from that point of strength. 
Ngāti Kahu ki Whangaroa negotiator Dr Ella Henry says more needs to be done to help the disenfranchised. Well they have needs that are quite different and I do think that tribes and government need to think more about what to do because I mean one in four Māori at the last census did not put a tribal affiliation. It's a big chunk of change um, and if they are not comfortable in their identity and we have a lot of research that supports this idea that those who are comfortable in their identity are more likely to be you know, fruitful members of society. John Tamahiri has a warning for iwi, saying they face legal action if they don't take their obligations seriously. You will start to see class actions against them. So you'll see classes of beneficiary uh, who have been just totally left out uh, over the next 15 to 20 years uh, litigating for breach of trust. But Iwi bridle at suggestions they're not doing enough. Former Naitahu leader Sir Mark Solomon says his Iwi works closely with the Christchurch Urban Māori Authority, including dealing with the aftermath of the devastating 2011 earthquakes. Waikato Tainui's Rahui Papa points out tribes are trying to fix long-standing issues such as poor educational, health and housing outcomes. He says iwi are not a substitute to solve problems that are the responsibility of the government. Article 3 of the treaty, uh, though, uh, is the social responsibilities of the government. And we're not going to let the government abrogate their responsibilities. We want to help and work alongside the government, but we're not going to take over uh, the machinations of the government to satisfy the social needs of our people. We want to be able to be there to support but absolutely, it's a governmental responsibility. There's a governmental responsibility to the social aspects, to, the, uh, to all of those uh, aspects like unemployment. Uh, so uh, the regional, we want to support in the regional development that this government is uh, coming to. We want to support in the creation of employment and jobs, uh, uh, not only for our people, but for all the people within our region. Certainly, the bigger iwi feel they're on the right track. The number of people who identify themselves as Naitahu has risen, with 60,000 now on the register, while Tainui's has increased to more than 70,000. But building an enduring financial base among tribes with smaller settlements will be challenging. And with those under 15 making up one in three of Māori, Natikahu Ki Whangaroa's Dr Ale Henry says it's even more important that settlements are not squandered. The, the big two, you know, Ngaitahu and Waikato Tainui, and obviously Ngāti Whātua and the work it's been doing in recent years as being outstanding examples of strategic post-settlement development. The rest, not so much, and often they're operating in much smaller environments. Um, but the visionary leaders that I encounter in my work and research recognise that we, we as a people have to move beyond primary industries, the land, the sea. Um, many of those are sunset industries. And look at how we can capitalise on our greatest resource. And our greatest resource is our people. He was the most important thing. It is people. That programme was written and presented by Patrick O'Mara. If you'd like to load up with some great listening, you can head to our page at rnz.co.nz forward slash insight, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, we hear from Teresa Cowie, who's headed inside some of New Zealand's jails to explore the impact meth is having on our prisons. I'm Philippa Tolley, and that's all from Insight for today. We'll be back next week. Ka kite anō. No.